Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Summer Wars. In the year 2009, summer was still bearable. <laughs> and this one's a corker, isn't it? Yeah. It started August off... on record. It started off kind of, like... Chill. We had a real late winter. Yeah, maybe that's it. Okay. It's like Game of Thrones, right? Long winter, long summer. Yeah, I don't know. Is that good? It's good no. until the end, at least. It's until not... the last season. Oh, see, I thought you meant it's this good. And it's like, no, it's like the end of the world. Oh, no, this We're sucks. We're all dying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't have to deal with it very long. Soon we'll incinerate or drown, so... Yeah, or get hit by an um, uh, incoming probe. Yep. <laughs> because it's maybe summer wars one. today. We're having a war with summer. We're right in the thick of summer. We're right in the thick of summer war land. I think we're slightly higher. It might be slightly cooler here. Yeah, we went further up the train than the, the characters in this film, but we took the same train. Yes, it was the same train. It's a distinctive train. We did the train otaku thing today. Uh, this is a some. I guess it wasn't like a giant money maker, but it seemed to hit some chords with people at least. Maybe some Digimon chords. I don't know. Well, that's it. I, this is the film I should have watched ten years ago, <laughs> but I don't remember hearing about it around the time it came out. Well, I lived in Waida, so of course I heard about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> Only a few years later, I started, Digimon people would talk about it as like, oh, this is the film Hosoda made a bit later, and he definitely reused some like imagery from his Digimon movies. <laughs> uh, then our mutual friend Rob was a, is a big fan of this director. And he gets really annoyed at me because I always call him the Digimon guy, because <laughs> those are the only films of his I'd seen up till now. That's what he did first, right? Yeah. Okay, so he can be the Digimon guy, why not? Um, <laughs> no, uh, for me, I, it was like we'd go stay at, you know, uh, Rokans, right? You know, mm. the Jap traditional Japanese inns, because I assume some listeners don't know what the word means. And I just kept seeing posters for this, because mm. we'd stay at ones, you know, some not too far from home, and it's like, what is this? So, eventually, uh, my... Um, co-worker that lived next door at the time like loaned it to me and we watched it so um, it did stick in my daughter's mind because I mentioned that we were going to be doing this for a podcast and I was like she didn't remember that movie she was like three or four and she's like no I remember that movie ah, so okay, it cool. did stick in her mind maybe also because she sees a lot of stuff because it's in, in Weta you know? well yeah because then once I moved to Nagano it's like I was going to watch it and then we started this podcast I was like well I guess I'll wait till we do it for the podcast then a monsoon destroyed the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> and it took, what, a year and a half for them to rebuild yeah, that? Yeah, obviously we had to wait for summer. So, yeah, finally I got around to watching it last night. Last summer you're just lazy. I, I guess we should throw that out. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we, we got a podcast every week. We just didn't have the withdrawal to come up this mountain, mm. So which we did today. I think maybe that was also while my phone was busted, so I couldn't take any pictures. Oh, that might have had something There's to do all, with it. There was a plenty of dumb reasons why we didn't do this until now, but yeah. Yeah. For, we've, just, for, we've just done very little Japanese films. True. This podcast is, by two guys who live in Japan. This is the first proper anime we've done, isn't it? I 
think so. Yeah. Yeah, we've done two, like, crap American remakes of anime. <laughs> <laughs> we've done Godzilla. Yeah, we've done the Godzilla. Japanese one. And we don't want to do the anime Godzilla. We've done Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, but this is, uh, yeah, um, uh, we did Throne of Blood, of course. Mm. So, but that's not even slightly anime. But no. <laughs> So, first impressions watching this one. So, naturally, I spent a lot of the film comparing it to Digimon. <laughs> My ba- main takeaway is that, as a human movie, this is really good. Mm. As a film about, like, a family and an old Japanese family and all of that, that angle, this is an amazing film. For the actual sci-fi aspect, I think Digimon did everything better. I can I can see that because uh, you had me to watch the second Digimon movie. Yeah, Our War Game. Yeah. Yeah. So and and I was sitting there thinking, oh yeah, all the stuff in the net—they mm. still call it the net for that one—is is like a lot cooler. But then it's lacking that. I mean, they even say like our group isn't very tight knit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a clearly a, a weird but relatively tight knit group. And then the guy who wasn't tight knit, you know, ends up joining in the in the fray by the end, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, this is a film primarily about family, and he's like, what's my hook going to be? Oh, I'll reuse that imagery I made for Digimon, basically. <laughs> like, he, um, well, I was reading Wikipedia on the train up here, and you get pretty far into it before anyone mentions Digimon the movie. Like, this film, I think it, to most people, they see it as pretty standalone. Mm. And he talks about his inspirations coming from, like, old Disney films and Nintendo games and stuff. And it's right at the bottom when you're in, like, the reviews, and it's like, several reviewers compared it to Hosoda's earlier work, Digimon Hardball Game, and it's like, yeah, it's pretty similar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely has a bit of a remake quality there, but I did see Summer Wars, like, way before I saw the Digimon, so, mm. um, you know, I was obviously coming at it from the opposite direction. Yeah, the, the main re- obviously, I, I am just a big Digimon fan, but the aspect which I like better in that is that the Digimon are real. Mm. They're some form of alive. And then they just go onto the standard internet. Whereas in this, it's all taking place in, like, you know, some theoretical metaverse. And, like, the rabbit and stuff who are fighting are just game characters. Yeah, but I they're battling of... an AI, but it's not like... They're not teaming up with real dragons who are their friends. Well, if you want to take it from that Digimon angle, it's kind of like, you know, like, humans are still in the control, and this is the first time... We're, it's it, it's like that first Digimon movie again where it's like what are we dealing with and what is it doing because mm. we only have the one we got Love Machine as the one yeah but it's still it's a, a standard sci-fi AI that is it's true it's not like a, the Digimon's whole weird thing where it's like they're kind of like Yokai and this is the newest incarnation is digital yeah it's not that it's not charming like them but, but obviously it's not gonna it's not trying to be that yeah but um, if, if you instead look at it as its own film yeah this is fantastic and if you compare it to like other attempts to do similar things, like Ready Player One. <laughs> and this pisses all over. You said it, I didn't. Okay. Yeah. One thing this you mentioned in your notes. <laughs> one one thing this movie does have is a ridiculously convoluted plot. So I guess I'll dish that one out for everyone. It isn't. It isn't. Yeah.
Genji Koiso is a math and computer whiz attending a Tokyo high school and monitoring the online world of Oz. He is whisked away to Weta by classmate Natsuki Shinohara, who wants to present him as a boyfriend ruse for her grandmother's 90th birthday. The entire clan is present for the summer holiday and Obon hijinks ensue. Junior high school student Kazuma pretty much hides in his room. Turns out his avatar in Oz is King Kazuma, the most powerful character on the platform. A strange uncle, Wapsuke, did I say that right? Appears after running off to America with a family fortune 10 years prior. Meanwhile, Grandma Sakai seems to accept Kenji. Kenji also receives a mysterious math problem that he cracks over the evening. The next morning, Oz is in chaos. It seems cracking this problem has unleashed Love Machine, an AI originally created by Wabske and co-opted by the U.S. military. Love Machine is stealing everyone's Oz accounts and disrupting not only Oz, but the real world as well, since many basic services rely on the infrastructure of Oz. Sadly, this has caused Grandma Sakai's death as her heart monitor services were disrupted by Love Machine. The family is furious at Kenji, even calling the cops to pick him up, though it turns out that he made a mistake in his calculations and was not actually the person who cracked the code. King Cosma tries to neutralize Love Machine, but is soundly defeated. Stepping up their game, the family gets their hands on a supercomputer cooled by blocks of ice. Cosma goes in for round two and is making progress when the supercomputer melts. Seems Cousin Shota moved all the ice to Grandma's room to keep her corpse cool. The family realizes that Love Machine is literally playing games with them, and Natsuki enters Oz to play the traditional card game Koi Koi, each round awarding her more of the stolen accounts. As she takes on the AI, more and more Oz users around the world contribute their accounts for Natsuki to use as betting chips. She finally reduces Love Machine back to just Kenji's original stolen account, but the AI has one more trick up its sleeve. It still controls a military space probe, which it diverts to land directly on the family home. With Kenji mathing as hard as he can, and Wabsuke hacking as hard as he can, they are able to divert the falling probe at the last second. Quite a while before this movie came out. Yeah, how long? Uh, 13-ish years? How come you still pronounce names like such a fucking American? <laughs> <laughs> no, you want to type in Natsuki. Because I'm reading a big English thing. Naruto. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving it that See, I, I, the, vibe. I'm now getting really self-conscious that I go too far the other way. Mm. Like, if I hear myself talking about karaoke, and I'm like, oh, why am I saying it like such a cut? <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to claim that. That's why. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, by the way, anyone that's listening uh, and you need to take a whiz, uh, go do that now because this podcast is not helping you. Yeah, we're recording it in a hot spring. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a naked one, or just a foot one. I mean, Matt, they regularly go to naked ones. They just wouldn't let us take my No, we can't now. record in those. We would if they'd let us. <laughs> we have to get a private booth. And I don't want to get a private hot spring booth with Matt. No. They're also doing construction not far away, so sorry for that. Um, 
that this but we're in the middle of this movie like literally so how could we not try yeah <laughs> um well we usually talk about actors here i guess we're going to go straight to characters i mean there's some voice actors that are fine yeah I actually, I, i'm not a voice actor person i can't remember who same here voice. but I, I did act not not I did actually leave the English track running a few times. It wasn't bad for this one, so if you mm. really do feel like watching this in English dub, it wasn't bad, because uh, Miyazaki movies, English dub, oh my god, they go terrible. for like celebs and stuff. Dragon Ball sucks in English. Don't watch, a, watch those with subtitles. But, but the, the, this one, I'm sure the English is fine, but also it's so Japanese. It's about like a Japanese family home and a tiny Japanese... Like, it would just feel weird in English to me. Yeah, I've been in this, oh, I mean, not a house quite this big, but looks about the same. I mean, mm. you've been in there. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, I've done the whole Obam thing, so it doesn't sound right in English at all, by mm. any means. <laughs> um, what, what was your most Japanese experience then? Watching the film? I mean, just in your life. My most Japanese Because I actually do, I would actually go with the, the Obam experience that we're seeing in this because movie. Because I haven't spent much time in Japanese private life, if that makes sense. That's what I'm asking. So, I mean, I've been to like some company shindigs, which have felt very Japanese. Mm. Particularly when I first joined the company, back when they used to be a bit more formal. <laughs> that shit felt super Japanese. Oh, I'm getting stung by a bug and I don't like it. Matt's being like bothered by like tiny flies and he's freaking out about it. He just it. got stung on the arm, man. Well, maybe it was radioactive. Be good. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> now, um, see, for me, Kenji, it's like, I'm not even quite sure how he comes across to people, like, say, watching this in the UK or the States, because mm. you and I are like, yes, this is this is a 17, 18-year-old dude. Yeah, I speak to so many Japanese boys who are, like, terrified of the concept of talking to a girl. Yeah. It's the most horrible thing they can imagine. Which, like, I, I guess, that, you know, for Westerners at age 12 or 13, maybe, but by 17, you usually work that out somewhat. Yeah, I would definitely have had girlfriends by the time I was his age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas I... Yeah, I, mean, I wasn't I, as good as math, but I think I'll take that trade. Yeah. <laughs> hey, my uh, nephew apparently was number eight in math in Japan. So wow. he, he could have been the... See, we, if we had had our own summer wars, we would have had the math whiz. We would have had the weird, estranged family members that just showed up at some point. That happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, that's, that's why, right? Again, it's the human element you're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. That's why I like this movie. I'm like, oh, even as a foreigner, just having kind of been sidecarded these experiences, like, I'm like, oh yeah, they, they nailed it. Well, even um, because Kenji is the outsider of the family and he's from Tokyo, he's still Japanese, but he feels like I would feel in that situation. Yeah, yeah. The foreigner, the stranger. And that's, it was twice here, because uh, New Year's also, you could you have went, they could have made the sequel Winter Wars and based around the uh, New Year's holiday. Yeah. Well, know. this wasn't over on, this was her birthday. Yeah, yes. Uh, Okay, the equivalent of an Obon party, it wasn't. Okay, actually. technically it's a little bit before Obon, but yeah. um, uh, Kaiko and already on. Right. So Kaiko and the, the baseball, the high school baseball tournament, yeah. if that's on, it's that means it's basically Obon period. <laughs> so um, you, you're right, it's probably technically a little bit earlier, but. Yeah, it's all, we can tell you that it's August 8th. Yeah. Because it's his phone password. But even then, uh, it's kind of like. Sorry, you, August 1st. Yeah, you just kind, yeah, you just kind of, which which I think we're posting this podcast on, but. Yeah. You just kind of um, kind of work around everyone's plans and find the date somewhere around there that makes the most sense. Yeah. Uh, since our company actually changed from real Obon to not quite Obon, I'm actually not, they're they're doing the Obon thing for the first time in a while this year, and I'm not going to be there because we will be teaching. 
We've relocated. The machines got too loud. Yeah. Now we got the sick kiddos. We got a couple of dope Oni behind us now for a recording. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it's Guardians. Basically uh, got King Kazma behind us. Yes, <laughs> like a rabbit. Uh, moving on from Kenji, we got, I guess, is Natsuki next for who we should be? She's like front and center on some of the posters, so I guess. That's why I kind of, yeah, she's. And she is kind of the final hero of the film. but True, but yeah, she is relatively subdued through most of the movie. Mm. It's. I mean, she's in mourning for her dead grandmother, so. Yeah, it takes half the movie for <laughs> grandma to die, too. Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of glossed over in the plot, but that's kind of like the biggest point of the movie. I know there's so many mechanics of like you know all the digital mm. crap, right? So I, I was trying, I, I was trying not to make it that long, you know. But yeah. there, there's a lot going on in this movie, um, or just a lot of details, I guess you could say. Yeah. But yeah, Natsuki's uh, she's a good character actually because she's not she's not like the quit typical like ooh strong female lead yeah you're not machine, but she's also not like helpless damsel in distress. She's a character. Yeah, you like you, you kind of wonder would I would I actually get along with this person? Yeah, you're not sure. <laughs> she's like because at the start she's the popular girl who's too good for him, she gets him to pretend to be her boyfriend, <laughs> and then you realize it. Because um, one thing I did there's the younger cousin Kazma. Mm. The first time we saw him, I thought he was a she. I think I thought that the entire first time I saw this movie. Because I thought the whole plot was going to be he's there pretending to be the popular one's girlfriend but he's going to fall in love with the geeky one mm. I was like oh, okay I see where this film's going and it turns <laughs> out that's an 11 year old boy so. <laughs> would, would that have been good or bad because that actually is that's how I read it the first time I saw it too um, I guess the fact that I predicted it so quickly means that I'm glad it wasn't the case okay <laughs> and I think sort of the sort of rom-com plot between him and Natsuki was kind of nice mm. um, um, I really want to learn to play Hanafuda properly I've got a set um, Nintendo started making, the first thing Nintendo made was Hanafuda cards. Oh, yeah? Back in the same year Hitler was born, Ooh. the Nintendo <laughs> company was founded. I knew how to play it six or seven years ago, cause yes. we, again, because Obon Holiday. Um, and now I've forgotten. I got <laughs> I the Switch game of like game. classic games, and it's got Hanafuda in it, so I will learn it at some point. Okay. But the only thing I've played on that is shitloads of poker, because I okay. fired it up after Casino, I watched Casino Royale back <laughs> when um, the last Bond movie came out. <laughs> I just wanted to play poker nonstop. Mm. I remember being entertaining, but yeah. Mm. It, again, you associate playing it with like intense sweaty heat too. So but the funny thing is, so obviously you get a lot of films where it shows like, you know, the characters are playing poker and I guess we're just meant to vaguely know what's going on. But in this film, she's playing this obscure Japanese card game and 400 million people around the world supposedly understand what's happening. No, no, people <laughs> know this. No, but do 400 oh, million people the around the world know oh, how right, right, right. Well, I think they just realize that all it's, of yeah, our, it's the only our shit's but, not working. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, she's the only one to ask none of the rules, But right? it's funny that they're watching the game, and I'm sure none of them have a clue. Koi, koi. <laughs> Sorry, I actually did call the game Koi Koi because that's what Wikipedia did. So. Well, Hanafuda is the type of card. It might be that Koi Koi is the game. Mm-hmm. Like... Us calling it Hanafuda might be the equivalent of when Japanese kids call every single card game Trump. Yeah, because, uh, you know, six or seven years ago when we were, when the kids were younger and mm. we were playing, it was like, we're playing this game. Here's what you do. I, I don't even think they threw a name on it. It's mm. like I was maybe supposed to know it anyway. I don't know. Yeah. It was fun, whatever. Um, Grandma is pretty interesting. I, She's I, a really strong, well, a great character. This is about how much I had, a, I had contact with uh, my wife's grandma, actually. Mm. Because uh, I met her once at the family house like this, and she was like, okay, that guy seems okay. My parents actually met her before I met her, weirdly. Mm. Um, <laughs> and, and then, yeah, we moved to America, and then she's at, at 89, almost same age, yeah. Mm. So 
Right. Again, I, I think I like this movie because uh, there's just so many things that do tie in with me, which is weird because it's such a Japanese movie. Hmm. But yeah, yeah, I live in Weida. I've had that experience. And, and you know, I, I was the outsider drug off to these Obons. So. <laughs> um, but she's she's very quintessential Japanese character in that, obviously, for the longest time, people didn't live that old. Mm. And then that first generation who did, it's not just a Japanese thing, it's in the West. Like, look at the Queen, right? The Queen is a million years old. So Prince Charles is already on death's door and hasn't even got to be king yet. Like, <laughs> this woman was the family matriarch for so long. Yeah. And her daughter, I think it says, is like, you know, 70, 75 or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's only going to get to be matriarch for like 10 years. Right, right. So, um, but yeah, she's a really strong, really interesting character. Um, like, when she pulls the Naginata on... Um, Webuscape. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> well, uh, that, my daughter's going to be doing that. I um, I finally got, I, I snuck seeing her do her kendo stuff yesterday. She went outside, you know, it's like nobody follow. And I was like, I'm taking a walk. So I just, uh, before she noticed, got, got to see her do a few kendo moves. Cool. So, because, <laughs> you know, 13-year-olds, they don't want to show you that, do they? Well, I mean, some do, but not Japanese 13-year-old girls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think it was uh, 2011. I think it was, uh, maybe a year after I came back to Japan, where we we did have the uh, the estranged family members show up because I think they thought that that house, since Grandma had died, mm. I think they thought it was empty and they could just kind of like come on in. And we were like already there, like 13 people. So <laughs> it, again, very much like this movie. It, this movie kind of trips me out with uh, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> so I couldn't quite. Uh, he Wabuske, the Wabuske, however you pronounce it. He's. I wasn't quite sure how he, what his relationship was with the others. It seemed that it seemed like he's not a blood relative, and she somehow brought him into the family. I, I didn't pick that like up. A family I, I, friend. I think something. the main thing is he just uh, took a bunch of the family savings and ran off to America and hadn't been seen for ten years. Possibly, but then because there's the bit at the where it flashes back to her apparently bringing him into the family. Right, right. Maybe it's that his dad ran off and. Oh, maybe I, I, I thought it was just yeah, a yeah. statement of like. Um, hmm. You know, a statement of you're you're part of us, and not yeah. necessarily like like it, uh, literal or figurative. Thing. Yeah, it seemed like he was trying because the, the family. The point of the family is they were once wealthy. It used to be a samurai family, and now they're not. <laughs> and he was going off to try and make the family rich again with his computer programming, which you know, like all good computer, all all good inventors of any technology, the only way to get rich is sell it to the military. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly, because, yeah. Um, he, Cause, yeah, it seemed like that was the only thing that she judged him for. Right. But, yeah, yeah I, I thought that was interesting. But um, who, who else do we need to talk about in this? Because the rest of I mean, they, they do nicely round out most of the family yeah, members, but, got, but there's not, like, that much I mean, Kazuma's only important because he is the one who knows Kung Fu in, the, in Oz and does the fighting and gets to be the cool rabbit. And then his granddad is, like, the one who taught him martial arts. And then, yeah, there's the whole family of, like, the women who just want to have the funeral, the men who want to get revenge and save the world. <laughs> um, there's the cousin who's a police officer, which is why he... And he's, like, super jealous of Kenji, so that's why he tried to arrest him. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, they're... It's a really great cast, but I don't necessarily have a lot to say about each individual member. Yeah, I did, like, um... The, was it was it Shota, who was just... Who moved all the ice? That was great. Mm. Yeah, I think he's the cop one. Oh, he's the cop, okay. I was just like... Yeah. <laughs> I just want to keep the corpse cool. <laughs> It's like, if you see a giant supercomputer surrounded by blocks of ice, don't you have, like, a second, well, I, I guess the well, part, part of the plot is that 
most of them don't fully understand that what's going on is important. Mm -hmm. And they think they are just sitting around playing a video game. Because <laughs> it only it's pretty late in the film that it gets seriously dangerous when he tries to drop the satellite on them. <laughs> Up until then, it's caused disruptions, but the film even goes out of its way to say, like, no casualties. Right. Whereas usually in these films, it's like, oh, once they control the computers, just airplanes are falling out of the sky. Five and cities are... instantly destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People <laughs> just getting T-boned on roads. Like, people can kind of understand how to stop their car when the traffic's <laughs> problematic. Like... Yeah, the airplane's an issue. No, but I th again, I think airplanes can fly without their computers. <laughs> as a sci-fi film obviously i've made the digimon comparison but it actually is more akin to like a ready player one type thing you mean setup wise yeah, yeah. Or it suggests it's just you know here is a sort of metaverse type thing which people use for a lot of their daily things it doesn't do it as like a vr thing at any point no. When we see people using Oz, they're just on their PC or their phone or their DS. No, and Natsuki at the end is like during, you know, her big boss battle. She's on a, a K-Tie, you know, an yeah, old yeah, school flip, flip phone. <laughs> Which when the movie came out actually did seem reasonable. She'd be doing it that way, but now it looks kind of ridiculous. Well, you still see a lot of flip phones in Japan, to be fair. Not, <laughs> not, not in an 18-year-old girl's hands. True. <laughs> if 80-year-olds or 8-year-olds have flip phones. <laughs> um, but you said you... Are they chasing us? Big machines are chasing us now, just like the Digimon. Oh, oh yeah, man, they're right where we were before. Okay. <laughs> it's like they're following us, they're gonna be here soon. Yeah. We yeah, found the most beautific countryside spot and they're surrounded by industrial machinery. Sorry, folks. Yeah, we're being hunted by robots today. <laughs> um, which robots did it for you in this one? Um, well, the, the main guy, King Kazuma, he could straight up just be a Digimon. Yeah. That's a very Digimon design, he's cool. He seemed a little like, like more like, too quote unquote cool for no, you, an you, actual Digimon. You get one. Oh, like we that. get, you those, get a okay. lot like that. Yeah, okay, yeah. I know less about Digimon. Than, well, do I have now seen the two what good Digimon movies? <laughs> <laughs> um, Pokemon has a very consistent design ethos, where they all sort of fit. Digimon they can just do whatever they want. You've got one who's a gun that holds other guns, and then you've got one that's like a rabbit, and then you've got one that's a one animal and there's another animal on its tail. Because it doesn't have to make sense because they're sort of yokai type things in a digital world. Right, right, right. They can just do whatever they want with the designs. Um, you, you, we did mention Ready Player One several times already, but um, everyone in that world is like addicted and infatuated with it. Yeah. Where here it's clearly like it's just a few people are really into Oz. I mean, maybe 400 million, but. Well, basically, this, this film actually pretty accurately predicted today's version of like social media. Mm. Well, yeah, there are people who spend way too much time on there. But most people just have an account because that's how you sign into things. And there's plenty of people who don't even have one, you know? Yeah. But I feel like most people who say they don't have one, they have technically got a Facebook. Mm. And they used it to sign into, like, a couple of different things here and there, but they don't actually use it, use it. Yeah, I don't know how to actually get into my Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have a Facebook account, not because I use Facebook, but because I use it to use Messenger to talk to my family 
and because it's how I sign into Instagram and because it's how I sometimes share pictures to myself from other devices and stuff. Yeah, same here. So, um, so yeah, that's what Oz is. It's just this is the account people use. And, then, yeah, some people spend all day chatting on it and sharing conspiracy theories, and some people use it to log into a game and play. <laughs> but also a lot of people just don't really think about it. I mean, it's 2022, and, I mean, there's no reason to scroll through my Facebook feed at all anymore because, one, they're showing me things from, like, six days ago Plus that Q's I've already not even seen. Drops. Yeah, Q's <laughs> not even making drops. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I did notice that Facebook seems to be filtering out more and more of, of, of those views towards me. Right. So I guess they decided they, they made that. Well, yeah, yeah, I think if you're not on it enough, then it just decides you're not worth it. Oh, yeah. Going into your algorithm. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it is interesting, like, the way you approach things. Um, I, I got the Twilight Zone cast, and I, I do, you know, I just do a little promo for that. And mm. once, for some reason, the link wouldn't correctly paste. Mm. And, um, and so I just put a picture and yeah. then just put the link. Right. And then it went, like, you know, small-time viral. Yeah, so doing if, it that way. if I put a link to a YouTube video, no one sees it. Ah. If I upload the video onto Facebook, then it will share it. No, in this case, I, they just, want people I just put a photo video. from yeah. the episode and then put the link Because yeah, sharing to... a photo is something Facebook likes. Ah. Sharing a link to another website is something they don't like. I guess I'm going to start doing it that but way. But yeah, if the uh -huh. link is hidden under the photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now we know. Learning's half the battle. But yeah, so we, no one social media app in the real world has quite become just like the way we connect to everything they're working on it. that's what that's honestly the, the meta goal right well that's why they want this um zuckerberg is so keen to push the metaverse is because at the moment we access facebook through microsoft's computers through google's phones he doesn't own it so facebook wants us to have a version of the internet which is theirs mm. um, which obviously is not a good thing and you shouldn't want it. <laughs> no, is that the point of Because at this point, yeah, like it's it's not even just a communication tool. It's like, you know, like underlying basic services now in, in this movie. That's... Oh, it's interesting. We never see, apart from the fact that those two are working as moderators at the start, we don't see Oz, the entity. I didn't really think Oz was an entity. There's, no, but like, there's, there's, there's John and Yoko, the whales at the end, I guess. There's but... a company somewhere running it, right? There's oh, an yeah. entity who made it. Like Ready Player One obsesses over that aspect. Yeah, okay, because Kenji works for them part-time as a moderator, it seems. Yeah, 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 yeah so. which is, and like, he even says, like, yeah, we're on, like, the lowest rung. This isn't actually impressive. <laughs> this is, like, um, I had a friend who, she worked at, like, the local bank branch, right? And then she failed her exams. And so she put on Facebook, like, well, luckily I work for the biggest bank in the UK, so I think I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no. That's we, how companies want you to feel. It's like Tesco's always telling us, like, oh, you know, we're the biggest supermarket in the world. And it's like, hey, you're still paying me, like, a late wage I can't live on. <laughs> no, yeah, my, my parents were, we had a family friend, their kid, um, actually just a year older than me, but he, he moved out to California to work with early phase Facebook, and my parents, I, I guess that was impressive at the time, so now it's like I work for Facebook, makes you sound like you're a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're talking to a Nazi, and then they'll tell you that you sound like Antifa. <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> it's all a matter of perspective. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, like, so in 19... The second Digimon movie is what, 99? Yeah, because I think the American film was have been like 2001. So this was coming out right around Y2K. Yeah, the, the Digimon movie came out around Y2K. That's why it's like it is. I was thinking in 99, the idea of, of AI being able to, in, you know, like affect the real world seemed mm. mildly ridiculous. Somewhat ridiculous idea, in yeah. 2009. Now it's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the concept, I guess that's what makes a, a sci fi concept is that it makes more sense the more time that goes by. Yeah, yeah, from the pop style. <laughs> Well, because in the Digimon movie, like, it's just the normal internet. 
and that weird white dreamscape is how the Digimon see it when they go inside. Mm. Whereas in this version, it is a VR that people use. Right. Um, and some of the recent Digimon video games have like conflated the two. So you basically go into Oz in those. <laughs> and he's just recently, his most recent film is set again, but it's not called Oz, it's called like You, but it's basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very different story, but yes, yeah, set in the same sort of... So it's clearly an, inter- an idea that Hosoda's interested in. He's got a recipe, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what would be your, your Oz avatar? You're going to be Bear? It's, it's a whole new scene here. You can't just like take your Pokemon over there. No, it would be like, a, it'd just be like a, a pretty warrior lady with red hair and a dress. Okay. That seems to be what I make in every video game, so... <laughs> what would I go for today? I don't know. What would the options be? I think I think what the options would be would like affect how I what I they do. It seems like the options are pretty open in Oz. But they still have to ask you like, what do you want to do in a certain order, right? Or and if nothing else, the controls would be in a certain order. Like so that would was, influence what I do. One guy was a big ghost train. Then Natsuki was basically just herself, but a mouse. Yeah. Um. Then like, the construction guy was a crane. The police guy was a police car, and the was, <laughs> they were all like transformers. Yeah, so I'll say that's that's the transformers there. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry if any folks are like, oh, Matt didn't give his answer, but Matt, I guess, doesn't have an answer because he'd just have to, he'd have to go to Oz. You'd to be see like, what you'd be like rings within rings with an eye in the center that's like a flaming sun god Ra thing. I might just show up pretty much as myself. No one likes the guy who does that. I tend to do that, I think. Lame. Oh. I know what it would be. It would be the, uh, if you've seen my most recent Facebook photo, it's I'm in the Yukato at the Telecaster. It's mm-hmm. still me. That's, that's, that's enough for Oz, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be just like a guitar samurai. Yeah. Sure, six-string samurai. Okay, got that. There you go. <laughs> so I don't have the lived experience that you have that this film relates to. What I do have is that I'm a big samurai history nerd. Mm. Um, and I was very, felt very indicated when I read the interview with the director and he said it's based on the Sanada family. Right. Because I picked up on that watching the film, right? Like, oh, yeah. Old samurai family, their mark is still everywhere in a way, even though the family isn't really prominent anymore. Yeah, yeah, the idea that we I need to... We talk about the historical battle that the Sanada fought at Oida Castle. <laughs> I, from the spot where the, the, the came in, yeah, we did that for an, an episode you want to get back to, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... No, I mean, living even as a foreigner in Weta, it's like, yes, you know the Sanada story. You don't get away from... You don't get away from that. <laughs> and then the... Um, I feel like that pretty recently they've become, like, one of the most popular samurai families in Japan. Yeah, there was a... They had um, an HK drama fairly Yeah, recently, Sanomaru right? about six or seven years ago, and that still kind of has some coattails, it seems. Because um, when Mario got samurai armor in Mario Odyssey, it's blatantly Sanada armor. 
All right. And then the six coins are Mario coins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sana made their mark in the end. So yeah. who's who's winning now? <laughs> so who's winning now? I did find it interesting that um, the director is from Toyama, which isn't that close to here because they're like, oh, Weta is kind of close to Toyama. I'm like, man, it takes me like five hours to drive there. His wife is from Weta, though. Oh, okay, that helps. Fiance at the time. I don't know if they. I'm just like, if I was in Toyama, I'm like, Weta wouldn't. I would have gone probably for um. Oh God, what's the name of that in Gifu Prefecture? Uh, Takeyama. Oh yeah, yeah, that's some cool stuff. I would have gone there. No, apparently he found out about the Sanada stuff through his wife. Mm. Well, like, fiance at the time. I don't even know if they did get married. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's what took him to this version. Well, the relationship was worth it because yeah. we got we got yeah. the Sanada stuff. So it is cool. Um, I don't know. Do you have a favorite samurai? Having lived in Weta for more than a decade, I guess I, I am just going to default to Sanada. But um, I, I go back and forth between Oeski Kenshin and Date Masamune. Okay, why? Oeski Kenshin because I live basically where the famous battles of Kawanakajima mm. happened. So I visited like the battlefield and a bunch of his castles and his grave. And also, there's the fun theory, a lot of people think it was actually a sheep. Ah, okay. So I like the idea that there's the female samurai. So if that's true, she's super cool. That's and cool. Date Masamune is just the ultimate badass. He had a diseased eye, and people told him it was a weakness, so he cut it out with a knife. Plug eye. They <laughs> so like, you have a weakness. He's like, oh, do I? And cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a weakness, cut it out. Yeah. Well, you got Matsushiro just like a tick beyond that. Yeah, you still got some signs and stuff going on there. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, that's the other reason I really like the sound is because I go to Matsushiro all the time. Yeah. It's, just, if I haven't decided what I'm doing on a day, I just find myself walking to Matsushiro. Makes sense. They got the, the, the old school school. Yeah, yeah, the old samurai school. They've got like a bunch of castles, temples. The museum lets you try the armor on. See, I'm soon going to be able to claim I have a samurai daughter. Yeah. We started the kendo. You know, we should go visit the kendo school at the uh, Matsushiro again. So, yeah. <laughs> I was planning to learn kendo because Rob knew... Um, what's the archery one called? I always forget. Kudo. Kudo. That, that would mean between us we make one complete samurai. Ah, right. <laughs> no, I, I think I showed you the business card, right? I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it says, like, samurai. And I was thinking, well, shouldn't, shouldn't that be a Kudo person that has the samurai card? It's both. Well, I guess it's, yeah, it's, it's when they actually did stuff, you would do the Kudo. Well, also, it's a freaking, it's a class. You can't just announce yourself a samurai. <laughs> no, I know. But I'm just saying, like, when, when it's yeah. in battle, if you're down to using your sword, you're probably screwed. Because that means you're off your horse and you don't have your bows and arrows anymore. Yeah, it's the bow and then it's the spear and then it's the sword. That's like last resort, well, which the, I guess is what makes what it badass. Of history you're looking at. Oh yeah, well, uh, other times it was like everyone would just pair up and have a little duel with one guy and then go back to their lines and something. Yeah, but that that by that point they weren't like having proper like battles. No, no, no. This anymore. is before the battles. Oh okay, yeah, okay. That was because like it started out, it was very polite. Ah. Then the stakes got higher, and, and war someone just had war. to screw it up. Yeah, and then. <laughs> No, I'm just thinking, that, I was just thinking like, of Edo period when there's, there's yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, got, um, window dressing. Miyamoto and stuff. I mean, I guess you still learn how to use it, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you just go around dueling people. Mm. To the, I mean, it's still to the death. I, I read the Musashi books when I was like 11. Mm. Those are always fun. I forgot most of them, though. I should probably read them again. <laughs> Two swords, baby. Uh, let's, let's turn the, the train slightly towards the Digimon a bit more, but I'm going to have to let you lead that, I think. Um, yeah, I guess coming to the film now, because, yeah, I'd own, all I'd ever heard is just repeatedly like, oh, it's like a remake of his Digimon film. It's like a remake of his Digimon film. It's really not. What it is is it's a film where he took 
the ideas he came up with the Digimon for like as an aesthetic. And there is events, right? Like at the end of the film, the way everyone sends their accounts to Natsuki is the same way all the kids supporting the Digimon is help will help them evolve. Oh yeah, definite parallels for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then like Digimon they have the American send a nuke and this is they're gonna drop a satellite on them. Slightly more subtle I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kinda like, you know, um yeah, in music terms, like taking your hit and like not just not copying, but you know, kinda using a few of the choice elements yeah, and it's doing like poetry it rhymes. Yeah. But yeah, it's not people who say like, oh it's a straight remake, that's really unfair. But then Rob, who gets annoyed at me when I compare the two, they are, there are points of comparison. <laughs> I think what it is is just that the film's not really about that side of it. I think the real-world stuff is the crux of the film. Oh, yeah, because it's like the rest of us like, well, we need something, and I yeah. bet we can market it pretty well. Yeah. I mean, if you want something in this film, yeah, you want a King Cosmo-like figure or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, whereas Digimon is 100% about the Digimons. Mm-hmm. To the point that you barely, you know, you, you see, like, a little bit of Ty and Kusher, or a little well, bit of Yamato. Actually, watching it, though, I, it. I still felt like, like, we didn't have the type, you know, mom, like, super never even knows what's going on until, like, maybe the last two seconds in Digimon, right? Well, even then, I don't think she does. I mean, yeah. she, and then even she does. She just figures out maybe something slightly more intense than she thought mm. it was. Um, it's just like, oh, you look busy. <laughs> yeah. But it was still sort of like, the, like the Digimon just made a, like, you know, token appearances more or less, right? They, like, probably had five lines, they said, to the humans. Uh, kinda, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I didn't really feel like, like, I, you played the games, you watched the anime, and I'm like, I, I feel like I'm, you know, still seeing kind of yokai things here, because mm. they're just barely on the periphery. I mean, I, I don't know if in the TV show for Digimon, they're a lot more, like, active. Yeah, well, in the TV show, the kids and the Digimon are all in the same world together. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the only one where they're talking for a screen like that. Really? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, another, another, because the first one I had several, like, total misconceptions. Now I'm like, oh, that's how you interact with your Digimon. So. No, no. Um, the TV show starts with all the kids getting sucked to the Digimon world. They then spend 50 episodes traveling around with their Digimon. Ah. And the season ends with them getting separated. Okay. And this is them reconnecting for the first time. Ah, okay. So, anyway, uh, you didn't need that. Maybe that, maybe that's where I saw, like, the connections again. I wasn't like he ripped himself off, uh, but mm. the elements were clear, and maybe they're more clear because I didn't know that. So I yeah. was watching like summer wars. You watch it from like, you know, it's like a normal social thing. You know, yeah. the awkward high school guy and the and the girl like kind of sort of but not quite coming on to him. Uh, you know, so I, I started. That's where summer wars starts. And this one, I was like, there's a bunch of kids that seem to kind of know each other. They, yeah. But I, I didn't know why or how. I I right. thought maybe like every they just always do this where they don't quite come together you know well i can tell you the seven young kids went to camp for the summer wind up getting sucked into digital world with digimon adventures with digital companions digital monsters digital friends does that have a melody yeah but i can't i also because i didn't do the melody i forgot all the words <laughs> just put it to the friends song <laughs> no <laughs>
It's a 13-year-old film now, Lucky 13. How's it holding up as an anime? How's it holding up as a movie? Are those different questions? I don't watch much anime, man. I don't either. I just watch fucking Digimon and book. I should have brought Han in on this one. Yeah, so. <laughs> She remembered uh, it from when she was three. <laughs> well... What do, I, oh, what did I take her to yesterday? Yeah, we took her to a movie, but we, we didn't get to go see the movie ourselves. She's like, no, you can't see it. I'm going to go by myself. <laughs> uh, Matsu san So, yeah. I was like, I would have watched Osomatsu-san. Why did you go all the way to Nagano for it? Because they weren't showing it in Ueda. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that was the plan, but they weren't showing it there. And we had to go to the Ken- and we had to go to Kendo store, man. I see. Yeah, I think I'm turning Japanese. I really think so. Yeah. Kendo stores and animes made up my weekend. Jewish. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, but the, the people I do know who are into anime still hold this one pretty highly, I think. Because this, this director's star is only risen and risen. Okay, that, that's cool, because I do really like this movie. I think it's good. I, I think I liked it better watching it uh, last, or a night or two ago, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was like, gee, I hope that this isn't just like some, you know, derfy one that I'm just like latching onto because of the, you know, geo connections. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> well, again, for me, it was like, oh. I watched. It, I wanted to watch it because of the Digimon connection. Now I want to watch it again for the things that it does itself. Mm. The unique things about it. Because, like I said, I feel. I, I guess Pokemon is so permeating our culture now. Like everyone just kind of gets it a little bit. Yeah. You know, even if they haven't really dived into to it particularly. So. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I was talking to my like me and Suada, who are the, he's the other biggest Digimon fan I know. We were saying, like, part of the reason why you like Digimon so much is because it feels like it's ours. Mm. Pokemon is constantly reinvented for the next generation of kids. Everyone on Earth knows Pokemon. Like, Pokemon Go has, like, a billion downloads. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, um, it's like Mickey Mouse, right? You can't... Mickey Mouse can't be your thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I dig the Beatles. I have copies of Beatles, guitars, all that yeah. stuff. I, I, I think I get it on levels a lot of people don't, but it's still, like, you know, it's like... It's, there's nothing really new to discover there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> people yeah, know. I, mean, I have a Pokemon podcast, and people, like... I definitely know more about Pokemon than most people. Mm. Listen to Game Game Show to find out. But um, Digimon feels like it's my... It's our generation, and it's a smaller group of us. It definitely feels like more of a personal connection. So is your next podcast going to be Duke Digs Digimon? No, because it's way more confusing and messy because <laughs> I'm making you change your name to Duke no just because Digimon is like that <laughs> I'm very, I've, I think I've been through phases where I've tried to make people call me Duke before because <laughs> of G.I. Joe no because of Duke Nukem oh okay I, my next guess was actually going to be a pile of, like shit but I guess that's, that would at least be no, the last we don't say Dukey du- in the UK that'd be the last couple of Duke Nukem games anyway yeah <laughs> you face your ass what's the difference <laughs> You can't you can't call it a Duke. I feel like it's really out in the states too. I feel I feel hey, like I'm Duke. I feel like I haven't heard that since I was eight. But I do remember when I was like what, dropping a Duke. Yeah, when I was eight years old and GI Joe was on TV, we're like, why is he a turd? <laughs> so it was at least a thing in the eighties. I think people would say Deuce more now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the like kids these days just like I'm gonna do a big fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, at least there's no, you know, why use a euphemism when you can say what you mean? Like, little Timmy, go to your room. Fuck you, Mom, I'll drop a shit on you. <laughs> That's how kids talk these days. That's yeah. right. That is what I can let to believe. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard an English-speaking kid for a while, so <laughs> that must be true. Oh, yeah, I haven't apart from his shit Nicolas Cage films. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are the other, like, just hard... I, I, this counts with the hardcore trippy animes, right? 
I guess. It rates. I mean, it's got the odd stuff weird enough that it kind of rates. Yeah. I mean, we got 10,000 way to castles. So that rates something, doesn't it? That was pretty cool, yeah. Um, Paprika takes like eight times. Yeah, Paprika was beyond for that stuff. Yeah. I, that would be the gold standard of psychedelic anime. Um, <laughs> what else do we have floating around? A uh, duke. I typically <laughs> occasionally gets into some slightly trippier stuff, but not often. What was the last one that, the last, last one this guy did? The girl who jumped through time or something? That was actually before this. Really? Okay. Th that was based on a novel, and then it did well enough that they let the studio make their own film next. Okay, folks, this is a sci-fi sanctuary. We do not necessarily know much about anime. Yeah, people, Again, two and a half, almost three years in this, and we're doing our first anime, so there yeah, you go. People assume I know anime because I love Pokemon and I live in Japan, but it's like, I'm, I came to Japan because I like games and I like history, not because I like anime. <laughs> No, I, I think I've mentioned before, we've had this weird thing where they go every weekend or twice a week, and I occasionally go where we're, like, in the video store getting, like, anime, renting anime DVDs. I'm like, what is this, 1998? <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of fun. It's nice. It's Come on, especially now, it's kind of nice to be able to just stand back for a second and go, and what is this, 1998? <laughs> I'll tell you what, those three Godzilla movies they did, animated, were terrible. Yeah, you told me that. But the Godzilla TV show they did last year was great. Oh, okay. And that is super trippy. It's all about this weird, like, element that doesn't exist within time and shit. Unobtainium, is it? No, I can't remember what it's called now. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't that. I, I would have been angry if it was. And then, like, yeah, like, they had to send a program that went recursively through time forever to solve itself, and that created a giant jet jaguar that fought Godzilla and stuff. A jaguar? Jet jaguar, the robot from the old 60s Oh, oh I, didn't, I didn't hear the jet part, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bonkers. I highly recommend. Godzilla singular point. Did you go see Shin Ultraman? Yeah. Okay, in Japanese. Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah, because I told you as soon as we get English subs, we've got to do that film. Oh, right, okay. Because it's such a weird mix of, like, Ultraman looks like he stepped out of the 50s, but everything else looks ultra-modern. Yeah, they had that fantastic model at the theater. Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> Matt, he really wanted to get the um, cup at the theater, but they sold out. <laughs> he, yeah, he's pretty pissed because he told his wife he wanted, he wanted to buy it. And like she made fun of him, so he didn't buy it. Uh, and then he went back, and they were sold out. Uh, <laughs> he's got he's got to steal himself up a bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so anyway, Summer Wars, watch it. It's something that I guess it's not that well known in the West. I don't know if it's well known in the West. I haven't been in the West since it came out, basically. I, I mean, I've been out of the West for like five years now, and yeah. also I wasn't really in queue of what was popular. Okay, so <laughs> but yeah, I definitely. I guess I didn't know enough anime people to know if this was popular or not. Mm. I think it is popular with anime people, but you know, and people so that live girls. in Weta. I like I liked my rider better than yours. <laughs> yeah, I regret mine. <laughs> okay, uh, do we have a final thought, or do we do we plug the plug? I think I've said all my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's good. You should watch it if you don't know what we're talking about, and you've been. Well, hopefully, watch it first. Come on, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy just seeing. Like, if I ever did have to move back to the UK, I would watch a lot of these kind of animes. Just to see, like, little Japanese country houses and Japanese convenience stores and all the little things that I missed. Um, I think maybe that's why I haven't watched many of them mm. since I've been here, because I'm just living it. Yeah, yeah, I, the hyper-realistic ones. because, so. ironically, living in Japan makes it much more difficult to watch anime if you want to watch it in English. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm working on the old Japanese, but I'm not quite there yet. No. <laughs> I think got chin up around, I'm following it for like the first two thirds. And then when it goes batshit insane, like a 
like this director's stuff. <laughs> but, you know, this is from the team that gave you Shin Godzilla and Evangelion. How much of the movie takes place in offices? Oh, son. Okay. Compared to Shin Godzilla, which I do love, but it's it been, okay, it's been an awful lot of time in offices. Because the film is basically just a critique of the Japanese government. I know, it's hysterical. Yeah. I love it. I was just like, I was kind of hoping Shin Ultraman spends a little more time out of the office. No, yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> okay. But, oh, I mean, I don't... Can I tell you about a scene in it? About what? Scene? A scene in that Shin Ultraman. You can do it. I don't There's care. A, a Japanese OL office lady mm. gets blown up to Ultraman size and smashes up a building. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that sells me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, this podcast, good. This, wait, no. Yeah, this, this podcast po- is this good. Po- this is a good podcast. That's why you're listening podcast. to it. Good you podcast. It, and you're going to go and give it a five-star rating and a review. The other ones? You can find other podcasts by me and Matt if you want. You're finished. Yeah. Okay. Podcastio, podcastio, just think about that. Don't even look it up, just think about it. Just close your eyes, open your mind, and let me and Matt enter you. Ooh la la! Everything, everywhere, all at once.